My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. My name is Zach. And my name is James. I told you to record, and then I'm like, hold on, I got to adjust my seat. But then you already pressed. The, I was like, okay, I got to hurry up and get this, seat, <laughs> get this seat ready. So good thing you don't see the behind the scenes during that introduction. That would have been really embarrassing. Yeah, then but you're yes. doing all these hand gestures and stuff, and it was freaking we'll, us out. We'll show our uh, we'll show our uh, our YouTube crowd later the hand gestures, which <laughs> still freaks me out that it's still possible. But anyways, David, Zach, how are you doing today? It's cold in West Michigan, man. It's there's snow on the ground. It's like daggum 25 degrees outside, and it's uh, a <laughs> it's a winter wonderland up here. Snow's gonna melt wow. later this week, but I just yeah. It's been a it's Tuesday and it's it's been a cold week so far. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's Holy it's the worst, God. man. For all we know, it could be 60 next week, I guess. If you talk to Colin, he's gonna have all kinds of jokes about West Michigan weather, dude. You have no idea what could happen. It's so weird. Oh my gosh, that makes me makes me really sad that it's that cold. You know you want you want to know the temperature here in Hollywood? I I don't think I do, James, but maybe our <laughs> listeners do. So here's the temperature right now in Hollywood. It is 62 degrees right dude, now. Dude, that's money. It that is, is wow. That is money. money. There is nothing. And this is where I'm going to brag a little bit about where I live. Uh, so I live uh, at this area where if I walk to the next intersection, it's Hollywood Boulevard. And from the sidewalk walking toward Hollywood Boulevard, I can see the Hollywood sign mm. like right there. So that's where I go now when I get my coffee. There's a 7-Eleven right down the road. But it's just such a cool thing to be like, holy crap. Weird flex, but OK. Right. Isn't that great? That's but, amazing. Uh, that's Those all I stalkers, got. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like, okay, we gotta find where James lives. But anyways, um, David, how are you? How's the temperature in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, I think it's fifty-eight degrees right now in South Texas. Ooh. So, yeah, it's cold for South Texas, but not cold for after Thanksgiving. It's kind of warm because <laughs> when yeah. I when I was growing up, it, it was usually like in the forties or thirties. So, I don't know. It's weird. I yeah, I miss um I miss the cold, but then after being here for two years, I'm like I, I like the cold. <laughs> I, mean, I like the, the 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 nice California weather here. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty great. I'm in but, shorts, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, I'm in yeah, I'm in just, I wear shorts all day today. What are you talking about? But um, so David and I were expecting some pretty big news today. Zach, I don't know if you heard. You probably yeah, we were talking know. a little bit last night about it. And uh, it didn't happen. What we thought was going to happen didn't happen. And in case you don't know, Bob Iger had, is it his second? Is this his second one? Second annual, I don't know, yeah. town hall I, meeting? I have no idea, but he does them like yearly. Yeah. And, and um, I so wasn't yeah, aware of it until like yesterday. And then I texted you and Colin about it. And you guys were like, it, w- w- no one's talking about it. But yeah, it, it was, I, I called it an investor call. But it was a town hall, which employees and shareholders can be there present, I guess, Mm -hmm. maybe in person, on the the phone or whatever. So we automatically thought that there was going to be maybe some announcements, uh, possibly um, a position change. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors about uh, people getting hired and retiring and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but yeah, before we get all into that though, I definitely do want to thank all of our awesome supporters on Patreon. Our top tier supporters on Patreon are Hayden Hauser, uh, Darth Ace One, Liam McCallion, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zag Netzel, Fenrir526, <laughs> Maya Morris, and Maka Tautala. Thank you so much for all your awesome support. It does go a long way for the podcast. You have yes. no idea. Yes. And uh, I think Colin right now is very thankful for your support. So. <laughs> <laughs> he better be thankful. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah. So yeah. the Bob Iger town hall news was going to be like the big topic we were going to talk about. But I think an even bigger thing just dropped right before we went online that Wait. obviously James, if you're watching us on YouTube, has no idea what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? 
So it's a it's a big deal to me. I don't know if it is to anyone else. I think it is going to be. So there's a big rumor that has a lot of weight to it about Skeleton Crew. And this was just dropped uh, today. And the rumor here about Skeleton Crew is that it's going to drop late next year. Oh. It's not going to be middle or early next year. It's going to drop all the way to the end. So the, the rumor was we were going to have Skeleton Crew by this time this year, which was the rumor last year about this show. But of course, all the strikes happened and all that came to pass. So we don't know what's going on. Why are they moving it back so far? But here's a statement from MSW and Best of Bulletin. Uh, on Best of Bulletin's website, they say, yeah, it's uh, not what I want, nor what Best of Bulletin uh, has heard and what I have now heard from two separate sources. So there's like two separate sources talking about other sources that are close to the production. Uh, they say that it was going to drop. Um, it is going to drop after Halloween of 2024. And today they spoke with me that said they... Uh, this is a Lucasfilm person expected to be holiday 2024 Christmas season ish. Uh, when I hear holiday season, I expect between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So that's the new report on skeleton crew, which I don't know. I'm kind of neutral, I guess, because to me, I think when they take their time on this stuff, it's probably going to be better. It's for the better. They figured something out. Maybe they worked out some kinks that they didn't have before. That's the way I feel. Uh, Zach, how do you feel about this new report? I mean, instantly I'm kind of like, man, I haven't seen anything about the show other than um, potential like leaks here and there, like for the trailer at Celebration. And um, I don't know, man. It's um, And then I started thinking, like, it better be polished. Kind of like what you were talking about, how if they take their time with it, you know, it might look better. And I was talking with James about this a little bit on Patreon. Uh, as Dave Floney is promoted... I don't know. Maybe there's reshoots incorporated under his umbrella of control with the story. Maybe there's some things that needed to be changed for the better of the overall Star Wars story. We don't know. We might not ever know, but it, I am I'm a little crushed. Um, it's not the end of the world, but I'm I'm eager for more. Don't get me wrong. James, what are your thoughts? I'm crushed. Uh, devastated. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I am bummed because... You know, originally it was it was supposed to be now. Like yeah. we were supposed to be getting it right. now, and then they said actually. Then I think it was during the run of Ahsoka is when they were like, "We're actually going to push it to um, January." Maybe it was before Ahsoka. It's like we're going to push it to January. And so for me, I've just been going like, "It's cool. We're getting Skeleton Crew in January. Like this is going to be great." But having it pushed back does make sense because now you have time for reshoots because you couldn't, nobody could do, film anything during the strike. Nobody could be on yeah. set during the strike. So now that the strike is over, now we can get people back in for reshoots. And like Zach said, Dave Filoni stepping in as the overall chief creative officer of, of Lucasfilm could have something to do with it. He could have watched it during the, uh, the entire um strike he could have he been was like, like no, okay. no 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 <laughs> no 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 but i i think i think more or less they had an idea but i think now with him in more control he's able to say okay let's put this in here let's get this in here let's let's try to get all this in here and um that's exciting i'm really excited about it and just so everyone like if you forgot which you didn't forget but it, it takes place between six and seven it's going to be in the same timeline as Mando, Ahsoka, it's during that entire era. And um, and it just feels really funny because they are doing what Clone Wars is did, which is bridge the gap between the prequels and the original. Now they are trying to bridge the gap between the original and the sequel trilogy. A lot of gap there. A lot, lot of gap. And there's a lot of room to play with. So it's, I mean, hell, we're still messing with the, the Clone War era. Yeah. Clone War era. Yeah, the Clone War era, even the middle era the rebels area as era as well so yeah i'm anxious to see what uh what they come up with and what feloni has 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 planned for all of that and um uh, like like zach said pretty much is how i feel i'm bummed not the end of the world i'm excited to see what they're gonna do but at the same time i'm like damn i almost had another star wars show like 
almost immediately. Now I don't have a Star Wars show. So, so close. So does this and Dave and I, uh, Dave, why did I just call you Dave? That was weird. Dave and I <laughs> were, uh, I'm thinking about Dave Filoni. We're reading a little call bit about the Dave town. from now on. <laughs> we were reading about the town hall meeting. And one of the things that Bob Iger said, which he has said before, which is there, there seems to be a lot. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I me was neither. Not, you were just, you were just waiting for me to say Bob Iger and be like, perfect, I got it. And then you just dropped it, you jerk. But uh, it's a great picture. But from according to what Bob Iger was saying, uh, they wanna, they wanna kind of take a step back. They kind of want to start slowing things down a little bit. Um, so I'm wondering if this is maybe one of those things for, for Disney as well, where they want to release one Star Wars show a year to get people excited about it. David is cracking up over here. Um, <laughs> he's dying. You're keeping such a good straight laughter. face doing yeah. this while he's losing it. Yeah, I'm trying to. Y'all can't see him. I can see him. But jeez. Um, <laughs> but do you think. Oh, I can't hear you. Did you mute yourself? You muted yourself. Yeah, I was asking you if you could hear me because I'm laughing so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see you laughing, you monster. But do, do you think them pushing Skeleton Crew back has to do with what Iger said, which was we're going to slow things down a little bit? Do you think that has something to do with it? Man, that's that's an interesting thought. I mean, they're kind of doing it with Marvel. Is it weird to compare like Star Wars and Marvel? Because Marvel was pumping out so much more content. Um, but they were kind of on a larger role going into COVID. Like they had more hype behind their projects mm -hmm. going into COVID and Star Wars kind of had a lot coming out just before COVID, like just a little bit, we were getting, you know, Mando season one, Clone Wars season two of Mando. And, um, I think at this point it's, I mean, you kind of got to piss or get off the pot. You can't like, you can't be half pregnant with this. You got to commit one way. Like, you know what I mean? You give us no, no, a ballpark window, right? With with skeleton crew and then it's probably dang near close to being ready for release and they're like ah we'll wait a year at that point just thinking about it that way and talking about it makes me feel like there has to be some sort of story change yeah because and one thing i was telling david was you know they they've uh wish the newest disney movie wish tanked at the box office and if i'm going to be honest i never even saw a single advertisement for that movie they had the billboards yeah. up around Hollywood. I saw them, but I never even saw it. I didn't even, I don't even know what the movie's about. And uh, the Marvels didn't do too well, even though I heard it's a good movie. It was I fun. It, it, yeah, it didn't do well. And a lot of these, pro or all these projects are still the Chapek era movies that are coming out. These are mm -hmm. all still the movies that Chapek was overseeing as CEO of Disney. So it's kind of, it kind of sucks that Bob Iger comes back and he's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And then we go on the strike and he has to, he has to just wait. And he's just sitting here waiting for the right moment. So he can start to finally get the Disney, you know, train going again. Yeah. It, it, it just sucks. And it feels like maybe next year we'll, we'll have it. Or maybe in two years, they'll finally recover. And then Disney will be the, the moment. But I think they, they want to make, and this goes back to what Kathleen Kennedy said, they want to make star Wars an event. They want to make these, these, projects and event so pushing back skeleton crew getting the hype ready for it might be another thing that they want to do because there was there's if it was supposed to come out next next in two months no trailers no poster nothing we, we yeah. weren't gonna have anything so I, i'm wondering now if they're gonna promote it the right way leading up to it and they're gonna make it the star wars event of the year hmm I don't know about that because how do you eventize Skeleton Crew, which is uh, a TV show about characters that no one's familiar with? It's a bunch of kids that want to have the whole Amblin feel. I don't know if that's a really good the... marketing team. Yeah, about to say <laughs> sounds like a challenge for somebody, but no, I agree. It's, it's yeah, it's, that it would be, be hard. A challenge. It'd be very hard, but I don't think they're gonna really. I don't know. It, it's. They have to. They, they haven't had that track record to show that they, they're really going to market Skeleton yeah. Crew. If anything, I feel like they're really going to market Acolyte, which uh, there's some exciting new information that dropped today as well about that, the two big TV shows that we're looking forward to. Uh, so that, I think, is scheduled. It's still on track to come out whenever the last date that they reported that that show was going to come out. I don't know, Zach, do you remember 
what the I believe last that was earlier 2024 right like yeah. springtime yeah. probably around may 4 i mean i'd assume acolyte will be rolling may 4 if not starting on may 4 and then we'll get some sort of trailer for or teaser or something right. for skeleton crew yeah yeah that yeah that would make a whole lot of sense i think uh in that time frame it's like celebration time frame even though there's not going to be a celebration but um right yeah, the town hall that happened that I think we kind of hyped up a little bit uh, on the podcast uh, was kind of much ado about nothing in regards to Star Wars. Um, there's other things happening on the Disney side, and uh, there's going to be some shakeups, I think, uh, but nothing to report on on the Star Wars side. But uh, when you guys started talking about the TV shows... Um, I think this is something I don't think we've really touched upon that much is the fact that there's a big rumor out there that Pedro Pascal is set to become, it has been offered the job of Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. So brace yourself, James. Here's another picture. Oh, geez. (laughs) Well, you know, the other day, David and I were speaking, of course, the other day that could have been a couple of months ago, we were speaking about who could take over the, the, the Marvel mantle, who could be the, the new, rdj pretty much pedro pascal has has the name he has the face he has um the fame too he has a lot of charisma man that's a hell of a thing for marvel to do if they can get him that's gonna help marvel out a lot so that sucks for us star wars fans but now we know that pedro pascal just does the voice of mando so i think we're still pretty safe and he's probably getting He's kind of, he's got to get some stupid money. He might be getting some RDJ yeah. money here for for if he does Fantastic Four, because he he's also has to do The Last of Us, which was a huge success, and then he's also got to do the voice for the new. If we're getting another Mando season or the movie, definitely the movie, and then and then this, and then who knows how many years he's going to be playing this. So yeah. That is crazy and good for good for Feige for 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 making that happen if it does happen because that'd be a good thing for them. Yeah, I think some people are worrying about the fact that he won't be back for Mando season four if he is going to in fact play Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four for the MCU. But I mean, all he does is record his voice and he yeah. can do that on set of the Fantastic Four, and it's all mm. Disney, so I think they'll be kind of okay with it. Uh, and it is Feige, so he's a big Star Wars fan. I don't think he would have any issue with it. Um, but that, I don't think we've, have we really spoken, a lot, I don't think we've spoken outside of Patreon about the book that you're reading, James, about no. the MCU, um, and how shocking some of the revelations are about what they uh did onset offset and their preparation for certain things and it goes back to the investor call that happened back in 2019 was it where we had kathleen kennedy in front of a blue screen and had all the projects being all the all the graphics showed up behind her shoulder and same thing with feige so apparently in that book uh from joanna robinson a fellow podcaster actually uh, she got full access uh, behind the scenes for the MCU, and she learned that all those, well, most of those projects weren't even like set in stone. Like the Disney brass told them, you need to announce stuff. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and they you're... just started announcing stuff. Yeah, they said if even if it's not ready, yeah, we need you to announce it. So Feige and Kennedy announced all these projects and everybody was and that's the funny things everybody got mad at kennedy nobody got mad at feige which makes me laugh (laughs) kennedy ruined all of those like she can't even get any of these projects going well either could feige because none of them were ready none of them had any idea of what to do so unfortunately that amazing chart behind her uh is more than likely never going to happen because those projects were not even in development yeah so that is the most wild thing I've heard in a long time. How Disney just wanted people hyped and shooting from the hip. Yeah. And it's it's quite it's quite crazy. Yeah, it's 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 incredible to know that something like that was like so like haphazardly done, you know? Right. Like like Zach said, they're shooting from the hip. It's like, okay, we think we want to do this, so let's just make a graphic. <laughs> 
Let's make a thing for Taika Waititi. Can someone put up a Star Wars logo? That, it, uh... <laughs> it almost it almost makes me feel that Taika Waititi spoke to Kathleen Kennedy, and then yeah. they were like, "It was a random it conversation, was, at, was like, a conversation at a party or something." <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, are you doing a movie? Taika Waititi is doing a Star Wars movie. Let's go put it out there." And because he has been so like nonchalant about about star wars like he's just always been like oh yeah star wars yeah yeah i can't wait to ruin star wars for everybody you know like i can't wait to do this and blah blah, blah. and I, the more time that passes the more i'm like man i don't even think he had a star wars movie ready to go so i don't know oh another fun fact this has nothing to do with it kevin feige i learned was not a comic book nerd growing up did you yeah. know that zach I did not know that. A lot of people, when they think of Kevin Feige, they think of this man who just read comics his whole life, got the opportunity, and then just just was like, here it is. He didn't get into comic books until he was a PA on the set of X-Men because he worked with uh, the Donners, which was uh, Richard, um, Richard Donner, may he rest in peace, and his wife. Um, Shula. Yes. And they... Schuler Donner, yeah. yeah, and they were uh, the kind of the producers, and so he was just in his, and it was during that production he was like, "Oh man, you can, you can have a lot of fun with these these movies, these comic book movies." So he started reading comic books, and then he was giving them to the cast because the cast was like, "Oh, what's Storm like?" And then Brian Singer was like, "No, we're not doing comic book Storm. We're doing our Storm." But Kevin Feige was giving them comic books because he was reading them too, and then he got on Spider Man. They started reading more, and then it was during Spider-Man is when he just dove deep into the Marvel comic books. That was when he just got all that knowledge was during the Spider-Man production. And then he started getting more power. Then he be that's equivalent to somebody jumping on Star Wars now as a PA who never watched Star Wars and then just watched everything and watched everything, and then five years as the new um executive. President. So I mean, it's possible for any film. of us guys. We could just, right? you know, yeah. I mean, James, you got a good shot, man, where you're at right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, James is as close as anyone will just remember maybe us. ever be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I already gave him that course. speech. Yeah, he's already. But yeah, I mean, that just proves anyone can walk in in Star Wars. And if they get it, they can do a great job because right? Kevin Feige has done a great job. And I know we're going off in this Kevin Feige it's tangent. Funny. But he it's loves funny. Star though. Wars. On, guys. It's funny. He loves Star Wars. Yes. Um, so we can talk about him. So yeah, I I love those stories, man. He did a Nerdist podcast a few years ago. It's it's maybe my all time favorite podcast. You could probably still check it out, but he talks about how big of a film geek he was. He said that he skipped going to prom to go see Back to the Future, and that when he saw Back to the Future Part Three, he had to skip school. He I think he grew up in New Jersey. They were showing the marathon in New York, so he had to get on the train, and he got there, and they gave out shirts that said something uh, akin to, I saw the future back to back to back to back, and he said he wore his his pockets inside out, because that's what they did in Back to the Future too when they went to the future, because that's <laughs> so all, what all the kids were doing. He was so yeah, huge, he's a huge film nerd. guy. Yeah, film guy. And, and to give everyone else out there that's listening and watching us more confidence, he applied to USC film school 15 times and they rejected him like every time. Wow. And what did he end up doing, James? I forgot. Well, no, he ended up finally getting into that that program like right. toward the very end. Yeah, like his and, very last like try. Like, he was like, if like, this doesn't movie, work, I'm going to do, I don't know, I retail what or said, something. What his, <laughs> what his like fallback was. But like the movie Rudy, the final semester, he got into it and then he was like, I don't want to he was like, I don't want to intern with like anybody. I want to intern with the people that I know. And he was like, Richard Donner directed yeah. a weapon and Superman. I'm going to yeah. intern with him. And he jumped in there. But you know why he went to USC? The whole reason he went to USC was because George Lucas man. graduated from USC. That was yeah. his whole reason to go to USC. And um, 
it's just he's just a big nerd. But anyways, back to Star Wars. Um, we are talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that's Star a big Wars, Star right? Wars fan. And um, and that's another one is like, did he even have a Star? No, Wars movie? he didn't. You know what he I mean? Did like, it. They just like, well, what, what are we gonna talk about next? Oh yeah, Kevin Feige. Yeah, he's gonna produce a Star. He's Wars gonna film. do his own Star Wars movie. It's like, where like, does he I'm, have the time for that? I am yeah. convinced he never. They never had anything planned. Yeah. And oh, who's on so the list of unpromised star, or I guess promised but undelivered Star Wars movies? We got Ryan Johnson, we got Taika Waititi, Bob uh, or not Bob Arger, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be Feige. weird. Kevin um, Feige. Well, there's a lot of people that left. I think yeah. Justin Simeon he left Lando, but that seems like it's going to become an actual Lando thing. But they didn't yeah, know at the time. They didn't even have Donald Glover on board because right after that he signed like a. Hundred million dollar deal with Amazon for like like first like rights to what he does or whatever. I don't I don't even know if he's what exactly he's doing at Amazon, but I know he just finished his series. Um, what was it called on FX? Atlanta. Hey, I'm gonna just step off really quickly. Keep yeah, going. Atlanta. Okay. So yeah, it's it's wild to know that a big corporation like that kind of did that. And yeah. we're over here talking about, oh, my gosh, all this stuff is going to happen. And no, it really wasn't like set in stone. Um, so it was strange. It was very strange. But you did bring up Taika Waititi. That's another one of our stories I think we're going to cover here. So Taika, there's his picture right there. So apparently there's a story on Best in Bulletin that says Taika Waititi wants to evoke the feeling of the original trilogy in a Star Wars movie. And the article states another day and another story about the long in development Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. This time, the writer director opened up about the project and starred and shared that he's hoping to capture the joy of the original trilogy. Taika's Star Wars film has been making headlines over the past few weeks due to the director being on a promotional run for his latest release, Next Goal Wins. It's a soccer movie that he shot in the. Uh, I think in uh, the Hawaii region, I believe. Uh, yeah. Yep. And starring Michael Fassbender, also another uh, uh, great actor. Yeah, terrific actor. People had him rumored for Thrawn, maybe, but of course oh, got, that would have been cool. Yeah, Lars Mickelson. And, but I'm yeah, happy either way. Yeah, he'll probably be in the MCU when they do the whole multiverse culmination thing. So we'll probably see him again as maybe for sure. Um. Next goal wins, which opened last week into a disappointing box office opening. The film is currently made 2.6 million and a equally unflattering Rotten Tomato score 42%. Naturally, the topic of Star Wars has reared its head various times during interviews with the writer director sharing some headline worthy quotes about the mysterious flick. And it goes on to state last week, the What We Do in the Shadows co creator told Entertainment Tonight that he and Lucasfilm had agreed for him to finish writing four scripts for other film projects before refocusing his efforts on the Star Wars movie with the director, adding that he wants to take his time and get the film right, which is a good sign. I love that. Uh, he then followed up with a nugget by telling Variety that his Star Wars film would be very much be would very much be a Taika Waititi film. When asked if the film would be a true to what Star Wars fans have come to know and love about the movies, before the director added that his Star Wars movie will piss people off as he began to laugh, which we've all heard before, which I don't know what to make of that. Um, as the interest seemingly loves to complain, or as the internet seemingly uh, loves to complain and respond negatively uh, to any update to the YTD film since the release of Thor Love and Thunder, you can imagine the comments from the last week didn't go over too well with some sections of Star Wars fandom. Personally, anytime I share an update on the YTD flick, it's always met with a negative response to my dismay. The Jojo Rabbit director comments to Variety, uh, where headline provoking, but it's very much in the line with the filmmaker's personality, a personality which features a lot of sarcasm and humor. So I believe he was just being playful when he dropped the piss people off comment. And let's be honest, pretty much. Any Star Wars project these days ticks off at least some portion of the fan base. You can't please everybody. Hmm. And he goes on to state, uh, yeah, I've been developing uh, this for a few years with them, which is Lucasfilm. But with any film, they want it particular. And it's something I want to get right. So 
I don't want to rush it. So that statement right there, they want it particular. To me, that screams like Dave Filoni's intervention or his uh, recommendations. So I mean, there's, it seems like there's some tweaks in there uh, for like canon type of and like continuity wise. Uh, I'm just going to bubble uh, along the side. It's, it's exciting. I want to capture the joy and entertainment of those early ones, which I totally welcome. The original trilogy. There's there's so much joy and hope and improv like uh acting in those uh like empire strikes back return of the jedi all those ones uh so i'm just trying to figure that out but it'll happen so there you go man uh taika seems to be saying all the right things what do you think zach about uh that those comments he made yeah when i hear him talking about wanting to bring brat or bring back did he say the original charm or like vibe of the original trilogy just like the same same kind of emotions you get out of watching the original trilogy, if I'm not mistaken. I guess kind of along those lines. Like, um, it's it's interesting to see or and hear how George Lucas puts it as he was laying the tracks down as the train was coming behind him. Now I believe Taika can fly by the seat of his pants like that, but will it be the same? And I mean, you know, there's people who try to replicate other directors' work and stuff, but will he want to replicate? a lot of what George Lucas has done. There's kind of, I like, he's so unpredictable. You know what I mean? There's so much that, that comes with his, that comes with his movies. And um, every time I talk about Taika Waititi, I, I loved the last episode of Mando season one. It was was a great, great great episode. Like if I got a star Wars project with that vibe, like a, like a whole movie, I would have zero complaints. Am I a little worried? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't because I think humor's got to have a certain spot in Star Wars. And I mean, who am I? Like, if it works, it works. Who am I to say it should or shouldn't belong? But yeah. it's it's definitely a little bit of a head scratcher. There's a lot of, just a lot of unknowns and up in the air uh, speculations. Yeah, to me, there's a certain vibe of humor that Star Wars has. If he wants to capture the original trilogy vibe, that's great. That's fantastic. The MCU has its own vibe. Yep. Of course, we all know he directed Thor Ragnarok, which was terrific, but it had its own kind of, it was a little bit more like cheesy and its own like MCU type of humor. Well, and I don't think a, we want to see that in Star Wars. That's true. It was also yeah. like a 180 degree turn on Thor, like as a yeah. character. Like he was super stern and serious. I mean, you have like Party Thor at the beginning of the first Thor right. movie, and then he grows up and, you know, he's super serious for, I don't know five years or whatever. Right. And then it yeah. starts off with the first line of Thor Ragnarok is Chris Hemsworth making a joke. Like, Oh no, Thor's in a cage. And then, you know, it worked. It was great. It was a huge yeah. hit. And yeah, you know, we yeah. kind of, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse kind of saying this over and over for people who've been listening for the past little bit. It's just kind of, I don't know if there's, you got, he's got to do it right. I have, I think he has the elements to produce something. A lot of people will love. And um Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, James. No problem. Who are we all talking about? Taika Waititi. Um, oh, did you did yeah. you already say the whole what he what he quoted on the Smartless podcast? <laughs> no, we haven't. What did he quote? Well, about about the Marvel about Marvel about why he took the job. We oh, were just yes. getting to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That. But to touch again on what you said, Zach, I, all of that I, I agree with. In the the article, you asked what he said uh, specifically about bringing back the same type of joy and excitement that the original trilogy films had. I I totally want to see that. And I kind of wonder, was when was the meeting between Taika and Chris Hemsworth? Because I think Taika was going to still do the same vibe as, as what he did for Ragnarok. But I mean, Chris Hemsworth, I wonder if he had that realization of, I have a comedic actor and the guy has comedic hmm. timing and can pull off this vision of Thor that changes everything, but no one questioned it because it works so well. So I wouldn't mind that type of vibe in Star Wars, not, not the MCU humor, but more of the Star Wars real, original trilogy humor. I would welcome, but I think he's a director that could pull off something like that. Yeah. And, and I'm excited for his talent. And it's something outside of the Skywalker saga. He's not. He's not going to touch sure. anything that that's like Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or who knows. Maybe he might, but it, it feels like he's not. Um, 
of course, with the investor call uh, revelations, I mean, you, you don't know what is going on in Star Wars. But yeah, James, you wanted to talk about the uh, the his his quote about uh, the MCU. <laughs> well, no, I thought that's what you were talking about. That's why I brought. We're it leading up. into that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so he, um, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi um, was on a podcast and he said why he did Thor Ragnarok, which was for the money. That was that was why he did it. He needed it. He said he just they had just had their second. He, he and his I think his ex-wife had just had their second kid. He was poor. He needed money. And he said, I got to feed these kids. So, you know what? I'm going to I'll do this movie. And that's why he did it. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes when you go into situations like that, when if if like let's say, I mean, we want to make movies, we all know what James does. Um, you go in and you get a meeting. Your agent gets you a meeting with like the Star Trek people. I mean, we're not really huge Star Trek fans, but they're like, well, okay, well, they're interested in you. They see talent. You go in there and you give them a pitch. What you would do? Same thing with J.J. Abrams of Star Trek, 2009 Star Trek. He's a huge Star Wars fan, not a Star Trek fan at all he goes in there with the pitch he won him over he had friends in in the producers that knew star trek up and down inside and out so he had them as an ally and he created a great film and i mean sometimes that just works uh look at tony gilroy with andor with rogue one i mean it works and sometimes i mean it's the talent that you need to seek out usually yeah and if it almost feels like with that knowledge, and I'm wondering if Tyke is trying to like, it's not my fault, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> where, where with Love and Thunder, he was like, "You want me to do another one? Cool. How much you gonna pay me? Fine. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about this movie. I'm just, you know, like I'm just gonna make this how I want to make it. And it wasn't great, you know what I mean? It wasn't a good movie. So, um, yeah, Tyke is an interesting guy because he has all these hits. He has an Oscar. And then he has this one movie, which everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what the hell is this? And I heard his new one wasn't that great either. Yeah, when we I just talk, came out. talked about it. Next Goal Wins as like a bad Rotten Tomato score to make like, yeah, it's like hardly anything happened? at the box office. Well, yeah, yeah, that's kind of kind of scary. But I mean, he really wanted to do Jojo Rabbit. I know that yes. for sure. And he won an Oscar for it. But much, I don't much think deserved. Oscar. As Star Wars fans, we really have to be worried about him and Star Wars. I think he is, his fandom is huge for Star Wars. I mean, I can remember him making comments about Star Wars way before he was he was this big a big a mm-hmm. character in in Hollywood. So yeah, it's I don't think we really have to worry too much about that. So. Sorry, my dog just walked in. Making sure. <laughs> we had a pause for your dog there. Yeah, she's, she's over here. Anyways. So one of the stories I was alluding to uh, earlier in the podcast was uh, Leslie Headland, the showrunner and director, I believe, of one of the episodes for Acolyte, which is going to drop at some point next year, we hope. It says summer 2024, so that's what we're all just kind of thinking and wondering. So she just did a podcast where she revealed a little bit. So this is a little spoilery. I guess if you don't want to know anything about Acolyte, I guess like fast forward like five minutes into the future here. (laughs) But um, you guys, I'm going to spoil it for you. So she went on that podcast and said that we are going to see something we've never seen before in a Star Wars live action film. We're going to see Jedi pilots and they're going to be piloting hmm. the vectors. Ooh, which are like super yeah, super maneuverable starfighters that only really Jedi's can utilize because when a Jedi pilot flies them, they have to use their lightsaber as the key for the yeah. weapon systems, which is badass. Yeah, that's really <laughs> so that's, cool. a cool, that's a cool idea. So we're gonna see like Jedi star dogfighting possibly in this show. We're gonna see the uh, the star fighters for sure. She dropped that, so that's I'm all for that. That's that's a piece of the equation for a successful Star Wars live action thing. Is is 
space battle, space battle. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fund, fundamental part for me. The, so, the, the Star Wars, the actual. Yeah, yeah, yeah the actual Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah, yeah. So super excited for that. Um, I'm as hyped as I can maybe get. Of course, they haven't dropped a trailer yet for the public. We've seen the trailer in London, but we haven't seen it out in in the wild on the internet. And if they show the exact same one, I'd be fine with it because it looked phenomenal. It looked very dark, very gritty. It was kind of surprising. Um, and to a lot see of lightsabers, right? A lot of lightsabers, uh, a lot of tone, um, a lot of different characters. For sure. Um, and it, it's, it didn't scream High Republic, but you could tell we were in the High Republic, which yeah. it, it wasn't like all bright and glittery and shiny and gold it was it was actually kind of dark so i i totally do welcome that so i'm excited for acolyte i think there was communication when it's gonna come out we talked about it earlier like april time frame but yeah. we don't know they we gotta do some may the fourth like crossover with that show i mean if they're gonna wait a couple months into the new year i'm they're it's it could either be you know the beginning of it the end of it or i don't think they do the middle i don't know but it's yeah. that, that that's that's my guess could be wrong i assume at this point may the 4th we're going to get it maybe a trailer for skeleton crew cuz yeah. they had footage for so long we if we don't have something for skeleton crew at that point i'm going to be flabbergasted yeah yeah i, I wonder i wonder if disney and lucasfilm are going to change their um their uh, advertising and marketing a little bit more get away from the mystery box approach that jj abrams was he kind of set this like the the standard after after force awakens came out it was like okay all the all our movies have to be very secretive all our projects have to be super secretive we cannot release anything and now i'm wondering if we're gonna start to maybe go like okay here we go like this is this is pretty cool yeah, you make know. me you make me so sad, James, when you bring up setting standards. Because back in 2014, oh. they set the standard for dropping a trailer on Black Friday, oh, and another trailer. Black Friday has passed. And we I don't even it. remember it being on Black Friday. Is that weird? I don't know. That I was probably focusing on getting my learner's permit or something like that. But... <laughs> Shut up, man! God, <laughs> just kidding. I was, I was, trying, to, I was, just I, I was doing the math. Grade. I was like, was Zach born in 2015? <laughs> But the, today's the anniversary of it, I think. So I think today yes, was the yes, day. Yes, I posted it on Facebook, yeah. on my personal Facebook. So back in 2014, wow. on this day in 2014, I was freaking out because Star Wars was officially coming back. And yeah. it was great. That was a great time. It's a core memory for me, James. It's, it's, it's a core it's memory a, um, for me. Because I was counting can- down the days. I had my laptop where I lived at my parents' house in, in, the, in the kitchen table ready for the trailer to drop and then i was going to drag my family to the theater to go see it on the big screen right afterwards and i remember listening to i think it was amc movie talk at the time and they made a special trip out to go see it on the big screen and they reported Mm -hmm. back and i saw the report and i was like oh my gosh and then when i finally got in that theater to hear the rumble of the falcon i was Mm -hmm. like oh it's perfect it's perfect. That was that was just that was amazing. That it was, was such a great feeling. Man. It was, and so then uh, and I remember I had an app on my phone that was a countdown app, and so I started it then and there. And every I was just always checking. I would always post it on Instagram and Facebook. Hey, just in case anybody's wondering, we have like nine months and you know this many days and, and this many hours until the movie comes out. And That's I just so remember cool. sitting. I just remember sitting in the theater with it with, and when it said zero. This is it, and then the movie started. I was like, "Oh my god!" But anyways, so yeah, today was the anniversary of that amazing Force Awakens teaser trailer. Um, but yeah, going forward, I really hope Disney and Lucasfilm change their marketing and get away from the mystery, mystery box, mystery box approach things. Because I don't know if I like the J.J. Abrams Star Wars mystery box marketing style. Mm. That's, you know. But We'll see. We'll yeah. See. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I remember Finn being all over the promo posters with a lightsaber. And, you know, mm-hmm. sure enough, he had the lightsaber in the movie. Like, that was not, you know, fake. It, and it, 
and th- that all goes to Abrams not wanting to spoil the movie. Like, yeah, and yeah. that was him being like, "Oh, you can't. We can't let Ray be known as as the main person." And then, hmm. and it was like, again, I asked this question. Time has passed. Would, would it have killed the movie for them to have shown Ray holding a lightsaber? No, I don't think so, David. Well, you look at the flip side of it, it's like you, you get that big surprise because I know you talked about a lot on the podcast where the lightsaber flies out of the snow and you think it's going to be Luke Skywalker, but no, it's yeah, that was Ray. Cool. That, that was a cool that surprise. Was a cool reveal. And it's the, it was the only second time ever they used that music from A New mm-hmm. Hope when Aunt Beru, Uncle Owen were yeah. charred. I just got yeah. chills thinking about that. that Same, dude. Amazing, yeah. Same. Oh. But at the same time, I think we all still would have been like, yes, like if that would have happened. Yeah. Um, and Mark Hamill way. even said the same thing. He said, I read the script, and he was like, yes, I finally appear. And then like, what? He hasn't even had any training yet. Yeah, I, I, I think I, 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 the whole mystery thing, the, them releasing the toys, how they did, that was actually pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. But how Ray <laughs> only had half, like she had half the number of toys as Kylo Ren only because the next half was all of her with the lightsaber. Yeah. I didn't want anybody to know, but in doing that, I feel like everybody kept saying Disney missed a great opportunity with Finn. He he was supposed to be the the Jedi. I was like, no, he wasn't. It was just, they didn't want anybody to know Ray was supposed to be the main Hmm. character. And I think that's what got a lot of bad press for Disney with the whole Finn situation. Like they, they didn't handle Finn correctly. And I'm like, no, they kind of lied about his importance at that point with the lightsaber. Yeah, like, and on I the feel- flip side, they didn't tell everything about Daisy Ridley, and that kind of just Finn was the next new big character that yeah. could absorb all that marketing. And I guess now that you say Daisy Ridley or at Ray toys uh, were kind of releasing waves, so back briefly on the Funko Pop train, James. Yeah, so jerk, the, man. the two two of the first Star Wars Funko Pops I got it was. Kylo Ren um, and Ray with the Skywalker lightsaber. And they both had like the star Wars Funkos come with like little black bases, but their mm-hmm. bases were white uh, for, for the, the snow, snow on star oh. killer base. So and I remember thinking that was so cool. And I still have them and I, I love them. They're, you know, some of the oldest ones that I got, but it's, it's definitely cause they, they released that months after the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I definitely was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to go cop one of those for sure. I still think it's insane that with the Force Awakens we got a lightsaber fight in the snow, and it I looks mean, so good. Made that blue so look good. so, but the blue doesn't look the same in eight and nine. I don't know. I'm weird. Blue's my favorite color. I know what hue of blue I like on a lightsaber, and in seven they got it. They got it. But in eight <laughs> and nine it didn't work for me. But that's okay. I think it, I think it was the um, yeah, but um, but yeah, it's going back to Star Wars. Uh, yeah, we'll see what they do going forward. I know we just keep talking trash about. We got Darth Blaze up in here. Let's go. Thank you, Darth Blaze. We appreciate uh, you joining us. Oh, nice. um, yeah, there we go. I like. Oh, that's actually a really cool uh, profile picture. Okay, nice. But um, but yeah, you know, going back and you watch the uh, the teaser trailer to Empire Strikes Back with the Harrison Ford voiceover. Like it was fun. They didn't hide anything. I mean, yeah, you don't want to reveal the big, the big twist, but like, mm. it was still a lot of fun. We still got to see a lot, and I was like, that was a really good teaser they did. They did for uh, uh, the Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, we'll see. So the yeah, the next thing it's kind of related. Uh, Daisy Ridley, she Ooh. spoke to Collider, uh, and I believe this was at. Uh, Sundance actually, and she met up with uh, Steve Weintraub, uh, the founder of Collider. Uh, Daisy uh, said to him, and uh, I'm going to read this, and it'll be a first for me on Star Wars Stuff podcast because there's uh, some bad language, but I'm going to read it. Um, <laughs> Daisy said, I will tell you, Steve, when I saw you in Park City, I had not been approached, I was asked some. Not by you, but I was asked something when I was there, and strangely, people were asking me stuff, and I was like, no, I'm not doing another one. She's talking about Star Wars. Then it all happened after I came back. It was such a nice reception. I was shitting myself before I went on stage because (laughs) no one knew I was going to that. 
Uh, no one knew I was going to celebration bar like Kathy Kennedy, and there were a couple people. I was so nervous. Oh my god, it was such a wonderful reception. I'm very excited. The story is really cool. I'm waiting to read a script because obviously I don't have any other updates. It's not what I expected, but I'm very excited. So the not what I expected part, I think, is the big story. And I think we covered it on previous podcasts that I weren't a part of, but I wanted to bring it up again uh, as far as Daisy and her comments. And what does everyone think she meant by not what I expected. So part of me thinks um, it's the script is not what she expected. But then another part of me wonders if she doesn't have the script and that's not what she expected. Like, <laughs> like she's ex- like, she's like, it's not what I expected. Like they told me the story and like, but we'll have the script to you soon. And she's kind of like, Oh, okay. I thought we were going to be getting this thing going here pretty soon. That's just my brain thinking like, that's what she said. But, um, one thing I Zach and I spoke about on Patreon was what if she's not the main character? What if she's the supporting character? What if she's the Luke Skywalker, the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn in this story where she comes in and she's the guide because the next generation is now taking over. And part of me is wondering if that's what she meant by it's not what she was expecting. Um, or maybe it's the flip side and she's the main character and through this whole thing. And she's like, Oh, I thought we we're going to be bringing in other people. And they're like, no, no, you're, you're the main, you're, you're the main star. And so there's, there's, there's a lot of interpretation to, as to what she could be. She could be saying with not what I expected. Zach, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that, um, I guess, well, before Ahsoka, especially, like, she's definitely the face of just, like, the Jedi. I don't want to say, like, default Jedi. That makes it sound lame and and whatnot. But, like, you know, she's modern Jedi from what's new and what what's, I guess, left open to build forward from. I mean, Ahsoka is, like, again, kind of filling in the gaps between six and seven where it can here and there, but there's a lot that we could get from Ray, just kind of like you were saying, James, and kind of how we talked on Patreon a little bit of being the mentor role. And maybe we'll get a picture of Daisy Ridley on the next main Jedi's back in a behind the scenes picture, like Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley took that we've all seen. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I'll teach you the way that I was taught and it's somebody on Daisy Ridley's back. Yeah, absolutely. And the question, I mean, I have in my head is, you know, Mark Hamill wasn't a hundred percent aware on how he was passing the torch. Maybe Daisy could be in the same boat. Like she's on board. She agrees, but she might not know how she's passing the torch or if she's passing it at all. I see what you mean. David, what do you think? Uh, To me, I remember there was a report out there that she was going to be like a supporting actor to whatever they were going to do with this new film. And I think that came out close to Celebration when she she did hit the stage in London. And yeah, that was a shock to all of us because we didn't think we were going to see her in person. And she was there. Didn't get to see her in person. I was there in London. I was in the what galaxy twin galaxy stage or whatever, where they just Mm -hmm. shoved us in a room and we didn't get to the main stage, but um, yeah, she was there. It was exciting. It makes sense that no one knew about her involvement. That's why I didn't leak or anything. Um, But there has been an update to the story and I'm going to read a little bit of it right now. Um, So this is also from Bespin bulletin and think here's a story so she had some comments that kind of updates what we just read um she says that i know the storyline for one film that's not to say that's all it is but that's what i was told about so what's the one film quote all about is this like a trilogy or or what's going on with this um the rest of the article uh kind of states here uh, as mentioned earlier in this article, reports pointed towards an April start for the Ray film before the industry grinded to a halt with the uh, SAG after strikes. Lucasfilm have 
two Star Wars movies for 2026 planned, one in May and the second in December. It's been long believed that the Ray film would be the first to release, taking the aforementioned May date. Ridley herself told Collider that she imagines it'll be the next Star Wars film to be released, meaning May 2026. But at the moment, she doesn't know how quickly things will start back up on the project now that we're on the other side of the strikes. Um, yeah, so there's more stuff that we don't know about, it seems. Um, so I'm I'm cautious about this film. I, I'm not sure what they're doing. I think Disney too. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it seemed like once they announced the two films for 2026, it seems like maybe, okay, they, they have a plan and maybe Filoni was in the background already acting as chief creative officer behind the scenes. So, yeah. Hmm. So what do you think about that, James? I, I, I'm just like trying to just wrap my mind around that. We will getting, we, that Daisy really is coming back. Because for a while there, if any of you remember, I used to always say, she's done. I was like, we're never going to see Daisy Ridley again until like 20 years from now. So the fact that she's, sorry, my dog is being ridiculous. But yeah, the fact that she's coming back so soon is is just insane to me still. It makes a lot of sense for me because, I mean, you look at the original trilogy actors. They waited so long, so long. And then we finally get them back on screen. And I think they kind of learned their lesson there. And if you look at history, the prequels actors became these big time stars for the younger audience. And now the younger audience is older. Same thing is probably going to happen for Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. And of course, um, Adam Driver is a huge actor now. So yeah. bringing back Ray, I think, was a smart move because I think a lot of people especially young girls fell in love with ray and and want to see her adventures continue yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and that kind of makes me think of this this comment here uh from a facebook user uh she's going to teach kane or i'm assuming kane and son and um we have reason to believe jason Sindula is in the rise of skywalker because we see the ghost in the battle of exegol so that's totally I'd say fair game. I'd say there's a solid possibility of that happening. Maybe he gets a little bit more of training from Ezra and or Ahsoka and or Sabine and or whoever's around. We don't know. We'll see. I'm sure there's more that we'll learn about Jason before um, before we see anything else with Ray. But that's definitely a solid possibility. He might. I don't know. I've seen theories that Ben Solo kills him at Luke Skywalker's. Uh, jedi uh temple reboot or restart or i guess yeah no yeah yeah for sure that's that's always a possibility but the fact that feloni now is is a cco he is probably going to want to take his characters that he's close to that he's already mapped out the story for and maybe yeah. integrate them more into the live action stuff and now that he has more control too um, I think he's third in charge now after Kathleen Kennedy and Carrie Beck. What about Doug Chang? Doug Chang is, is the... further down the totem pole. He's okay. He's, so yeah, I can bring up the Lucasfilm website right now <laughs> and kind of show everyone. Give me a tier of, list. <laughs> I, I think, I think I want to say it's chain of command, but he's up there though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, uh, I pass out if he here. wasn't a top fiver. So yeah, you go to lucasfilm.com website, you click on who we are, you click on leadership, and at the very top, of course, if you read left to, to right, it's Kathleen Kennedy, who's president, of course, we all know her. But then right next to her is Lenwin Brennan, I forgot about her, no one ever talks about her, executive vice president and general manager, so she's the number two right next to Kathleen Kennedy. She might be Kathleen Kennedy's replacement um, mm. if Kathleen Kennedy does indeed retire this year sure. that's what a lot of rumors say and then it's carrie beck executive vice president live action development and production then you got dave filoni uh, executive vice president chief creative officer and then you go on down the list um so there's another vice president physical production post-production creative innovation of ilm and then you get to doug chang who's okay. design director so 
Yeah, he's a little bit go. more down the list. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit higher, but yeah. It's... Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's he's a Lucas some lifer. He's, For sure, he's gonna be there until the very end, I think. And yeah, there's if you look at these titles, there's a lot of vice president titles here. <laughs> so I guess they're technically the president of their their uh, their actual segment of the business. But I think Kathleen Kennedy overrides everyone, of course, because she's the one they report to. She's at the yeah. very top. Um, and yeah, you take a look at some of these titles, franchise content and strategy, third party commercialization and franchise development, uh, Skywalker Sound, VFX and general manager ILM, chief counsel, franchise assets and publicity, finance and planning, immersive content, technology officer, human resources, and I was reading through these, actually, and there is someone who is in charge of social media that's on here. Right here, Dustin Sandoval, hmm. Vice President of Social Media and Digital. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of people on this list, and they're all Vice Presidents. <laughs> so, yeah, Vice President Lucasfilm Games, Vice President in Animation, Development, Production. Mm. So, Rain Roberts right here, Vice President Film Development, she was on the story group. I don't know if she left or she's still there. Doesn't say that in her title, so I don't know. That's crazy. And then, of course, you get John Knoll, the co-creator of Photoshop, along with his brother, oh, yeah. an executive creative director, senior VFX supervisor. And I was on the phone with James, and we were talking about this. And it looks like James isn't here anymore, but... Um, I said, hey, did you see Off to Careers when you highlight it, which I'm doing now if you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook? Um, you can click on Get in the Door, and it's a link, How to Get in the Door at Lucasfilm. So there's actually um, a documentary you can watch, and it says, please select job type, creative studio technology. If you do creative, you can watch these shorts, I, I believe. Specialization, animation, art deposit, uh, compositing, digital model development, ILM, layout, lighting, roto, sound, VFX, generalist. So if you're interested in working at Lucasfilm, go to this website, click on uh, Get in the Door, and uh, you can maybe uh, get a job at Lucasfilm. That's crazy. At Star Wars Stuff Podcast. <laughs> maybe that's why they have so many vice presidents, because there's so many of them that are coming in from the website. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, James is the closest out of all of us, I think. So yeah, he has that opportunity. But yeah, before we go, I do want to talk about SpaceCon. Uh, so Ooh. the announcement was that Hayden Christensen is going to be there for one day that Saturday. Oh, and so exciting! Yeah, October twenty fifth through the twenty seventh. That's when SpaceCon is taking place, twenty twenty four. So you got a lot of time to save up. You can come down see us, Star Stuff Podcast. James, Colin, Zach, and myself should be there along with Retro Ray. Because he lives in the area, so I'm assuming he'll be there. Um, so yeah, you can see right here, autographs, $150. Premium autos, $200. Bulky items, $250. Uh, plus, for a character name like Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, $125. Uh, phrases, $200. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, photo ops, $210. VIP photo ops, which includes a night with Hayden Christensen. Not quite sure what that's all about. But that's what Colin and I got. We got passes to that because we did the tag on an extra one, and we're we're going to find out. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, it says you'll be allowed to purchase one companion pass for $99 for this event. Uh, you must still have an admission. So, yeah, he's appearing one day only. Um, maybe he'll stay on a little bit longer, um, depending on certain things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he'll be there that Saturday and yeah, 331 days, 14 hours. I, I took this picture about a, an hour ago. So yeah, it's, it's correct. Sweet. So, yeah. Did you have anything else before we, uh, go? Yeah. I was just going to talk about space kind that's about it. And that there's some more, uh, star Wars, um, actors, actresses, uh, people involved in star Wars being announced for space kind on the first. Right? There's two yes. more? 
Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I think on it's the three Marvel and now. two Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was first. an update that Bob put out. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of all I had to add to that. But yeah. Yeah. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. And we do know that a convention was held in California and San Francisco. Mark Hamill was there. And I think the cast of Ahsoka was there as well. Very and cool. They, they did a lot of signings, took a lot of pictures. It sounds like it went over well. Uh, you can see different pictures on the internet if you'd like. Um, and um, it feels like uh, the cast of Ahsoka is pretty con friendly. I saw uh, Diana Lee and Asanto post something on her Instagram where she was in Brussels with Brendan Wayne uh, oh, wow. doing a convention. So, yeah, hopefully, I don't know, maybe we get them down here for Superhero Comic Con or Space Con, which Sweet. would be which would be great. So, yeah, that's all I had. Um, and of course, if you'd like to find us on Patreon, check out all of our cool content. Uh, you can support us at uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 287. Uh, like Zach and James alluded to, uh, we do Patreon podcasts. We call them Patreon Daily. Um, I think I'm going to release one uh, this week for the public to listen to to kind of see what uh, what the flow of that podcast is because they're always, uh, I think they're really entertaining. And we talk about a lot of random stuff. Um, also, if you're watching us on YouTube or anywhere else, uh, don't forget to hit the like, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, Instagram, you can find us at Star Wars Stuff Podcast on X uh, slash Twitter at Stuff Pod, on Threads at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, you can find us also on TikTok. Ray's been doing a lot of TikTok stuff uh, for Star Wars Stuff Podcast, and she's been doing a great job on that. Uh, you can email us. We get tons of emails from non-fan entities and it floods our mailbox and sometimes we don't see stuff from our true listeners so uh make sure if you can't contact us here um give us a comment on our our videos or uh send us a comment on patreon we always see those uh, for sure uh we're also on facebook we have star wars stuff group and a podcast page um and uh leave reviews for us on apple podcasts uh five stars are welcome Write us a review, tell us what you think, or directly email the podcast and tell us what you want to see, what you want us to talk about more. Um, and also, we have a website, StarWarsStuffPodcast.com. We're probably going to add more to that here in the future. So for Zach and James, my name is David, and may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>